sometimes we need to be a little selfish before we can be totally selfless. You've heard the saying, you can't be good to anyone else before you're good to yourself. Today, my guest is talking all about helping people find happiness and teaching them how to put that first. I'm Callie Youngstrom, and this is Keep Yourself Well. The body positivity movement has not always been as loud as it is now, but my guest today is screaming it from the rooftops. Sierra Jade lives her life out loud for all of the women who can't, but she wants to help them get there. Born and raised on the prairies, the single mom of two girls lives and works in Saskatoon. She's a model, an advocate, and the founder of the Kirby Club, a safe and social space for plus-size women based in Saskatoon, and most recently expanded to Regina. We've got lots to talk about today. Let's get into it. Hi, Sierra. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you today. It's my pleasure. It's so nice when social media friends now get to see each other face-to-face, although Saskatoon's so small, I'm surprised we haven't bumped into each other I know. I mean, I've heard about you. I followed you for a while and all of that kind of stuff. So when um, one of our mutual followers, I can't remember exactly who it was, said to connect. I was wondering because she didn't say your name. And I was, she's like, she's a wellness podcast. And I was like, I bet you it's Callie. And then it was. Oh, that's so <laughs> sweet. It was meant to be. Yeah. Well, I always start with the same question for everyone. And it's just simply, how do you keep yourself well? I think there's so many different facets to that, right? Like it's mental, it's physical, it's all of those sorts of things. And I think it's never going to be in balance and cohesive all the time because there's going to definitely be period. I mean, I know for sure periods of ebbs and flow and ups and downs that pull away from that. But what I try to do um, is just moving my body in ways that are fun to me. Um, You know, dancing is one of my favorite things to do. So whether that's dancing with my kids in the kitchen or doing a pole class, I've actually recently started taking pole. Um, I guess this was now probably about a year ago. Um, and I absolutely love pole dancing. It makes you feel so good. Just like getting in touch with your sensual side, but then it's super physically like engaging, but it's not like I'm just sitting there running and doing cardio or something like that. Um, and then also just taking time mentally just to recharge. I'm a Taurus. I need to like retreat and spend time just kind of like being away from the people, even though my job and business is so much like in, in the, in the people. Um, so yeah, just taking time for me, whether that's a Netflix show, whether that's like just hanging out with some friends for dinner or something like that. So that's kind of my usual. I mean, is it always going to be the same? No, but that's what I strive for. I love that. I talk so much about finding joy in movement Mm -hmm. and, you know, I have a theory that everyone will find a form of movement they love, but you just have to keep trying. And one of the examples I even used recently was pole dance, which I've never done, but yeah, you have to. It looks like, okay, I'll join you for a class. Yeah, do it. (laughs) You can see the lack of grace that I have. Oh my gosh. But the, it's such a workout. I watch the videos I follow. I don't know if you go to Saskatoon pole, is that only one in the city? And I watch the videos being like, how on earth, like, I think I'm strong. And then I see what these women are doing on the pole and men. And I'm like, yeah, it's incredible. It's amazing. And I'm sure the time just flies and it's social too, which I love when you get to bring all of those elements together. Totally. And it's, so it sounds like you give yourself a lot of grace and flexibility too. I mean, being an entrepreneur, being a mom, like Mm -hmm. life happens. It does. And I think that's most important. I, so I am divorced and before my divorce, I was very rigid on schedule. Um, I was somebody who really didn't like to be flexible. Um, I felt like I planned out my 10 year plan and that's what it was going to be. And then all of a sudden I had an unexpected divorce and everything changed. Um, and that's when I really had to realize that what is my control and reaction, I think is so important because now I have such a different outlook. Like people will be like, well, you know, asking questions about certain situations. And I'm like, I don't ask, like, I just protect my peace with certain things. I used to be somebody who would just question somebody to death and like need to know every detail about something. And it would just end up hurting me even more. Um, So now I just kind of like let the facts go and be, and now I'm just much more with a go with the flow. And it feels like that is, it's just, there's so much more um room for progress and just creativity and stuff like that when you're not, when I'm not so in a rigid schedule. I mean, some people thrive in that. 
that. And I love that. And I have a, a schedule. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not just like, woo, let's just uh, see what the day comes. Cause obviously running a business and having kids, you need to have some form of schedule, but yeah, that's been a huge change. That's a really beautiful shift. That's come onto the other side of something oh. that I'm sure was incredibly challenging. Totally. I feel, like, I feel like as a, like as a business owner and entrepreneur too, you have to have a level of both also just as a human and a mom and everything like life happens. But yeah. I know for me, I find a sweet spot of, I've got a certain amount of structure, but also allowing myself to embrace the flexibility mm-hmm. that is gifted with this lifestyle. Totally. And I mean, that's so important because I have found so much magic created in the flexibility, whether that be, um, you know, spontaneous connections, maybe something that we're doing today. Um, you know, just finding something, I mean, pole dancing was totally spontaneous. I don't even remember how exactly I got into it, but that was something I was like, okay, well, we're just going to go try it. But now it's something I completely love and have done repetitively since then. Um, and yeah, just like making room for you things, things to flow because things that are meant to be will always flow naturally to you. So good for you. I absolutely love that. And speaking of social media, so obviously we connected on social media and I think that there is such potential for incredible positivity to come through social media. If you curate who you're following and what you're posting in such a specific way, you know, of course there's a dark side to it. I think if it's not used properly, but one of the things that's just so it just radiates off your page is that it's positivity, empowerment, happiness. And I'd love to know where you got started kind of in the social media journey and what motivates you to show up on social media every day. Yeah. Um, you're right. Social media definitely has its drawbacks, but also it's gains for sure. And I wouldn't have been able to meet such a wonderful community, um, without social media. So I kind of, I've always been, I mean, when Instagram first came out, I feel like we all jumped on it, but like, I still have my first original social media Instagram post, And I go back and like, so cringe. Like I'm using like the on Instagram filters with the frames. Like I'm like, let's just leave it up. Like we humble ourselves with that. So, um, so kind of really what started me intentionally posting was probably when I had my daughter in 20, Oh my God, 2016. Um, and I was like, I'm going to share everything about being a mom and all of that. And honestly, my content has shifted so much. I actually don't share my kids very often, um, anymore. And basically, you know, just, I wanted to find a community where I can connect. So originally that was going to be moms and stuff like that. And I never really felt super driven in the mom community just because, um, I am a business person too, and all of those things. And sometimes, um, when you're in those mom groups, I mean, this isn't every mom group, but it's just like, so everything about your kid. And we don't talk a lot about what drives us and what feeds our soul and stuff like that. So it almost felt like I was feeling selfish when I was spending time around those groups. Cause I'm like, well, my whole life isn't my kids. And I feel like that's such a controversial thing to say as a parent, but it's really not because these kids were going to, we're going to love them and grow them and hopefully release them into being these amazing human beings. But then what's going to be left for us after that? So I really started thinking about that. Um, and one of my biggest things was, well, I've always been in a plus size body ever since I can remember. Um, these are the challenges I've had. I don't feel that I'm represented in media. I don't feel like I'm represented in fashion or fitness and beyond. Um, so I'm just going to start talking about that. And one of the first posts I made was me in a bikini. And it was like, I love my body. I may have had a kid, but I had this plus size body and stretch marks way before I had kids. Um, so just getting to know this body of mine that I've had for so long, but never really felt like accepted in and felt like I always had to change. So just sharing that message. And it was mostly just therapeutic for me. It was almost, almost like an online diary, but then slowly people start to read it. And obviously they have similar experiences and it just kind of grew from there. And then really probably, um, after going through my separation and divorce in 2019 was when, um, I had my second daughter and, you know, I was just like, okay, we're going to go for this. And and we're going to really tap into this market. She started sharing fashion. Um, I came up with my series Fat Girl in the City, which I think was such a huge turning point because essentially that just, I've pulled the fat community and I said like, what are things or activities or services that you have always wanted to try, but you felt like your body or society's pressures on your body is holding you back. And I just went and did those things and filmed it and shared it. And that was, that was so fun. That was back last summer that I started that. And I have like almost 20 episodes now and I've tried so many different things. And yeah, that was my, that was my breakthrough series. So that is brilliant. Okay. So what, 
what were the things that like you found the most joy and that you tried in that series? Well, now I'm thinking about it. Pole dancing was one of them. That was one of the first things I tried. I did. I filmed myself getting a spray tan. I filmed myself getting laser hair removal. Um, just because a lot of people even think about, they're like, well, what positions am I in? What does this chair look like? Am I going to break it? They want to see all this stuff. Um, I did, uh, you know, talked about different shopping styles. I did salsa dancing. I did, um, I just went and filmed myself on a moped because like people are like, well, are we going to break the moped? So me and my sister, who was also plus size, went mopeding around. Um, what else did we do? So many different things that I'm like, what even made up? I did like, um, aerial yoga so up in the slings and that was probably the hardest one that I did there's so much upper body strength that I thought I had but I don't so that was probably the most challenging but I still did it um and and it was honestly just amazing connecting with the local businesses that are like hey we hear you we see you but also having open conversation where I'm like well, have you thought about it this way for a bit? Oh, we did spin class, which is notoriously known to be like that really thin person um, that's on the spin bike. And they're like, yeah, we're going to go drink our green juice. But like, I got my big ass on the spin bike and we did, yeah, we just, we did everything. And this, and the spin class was actually really fun. And I've done it a couple of times since then. Um, so yeah, just a lot of different things and making those connections with businesses to show like we are inclusive, but also how can we make it known to the community that we're inclusive and we want every body size here. Good for you. Well, and being that kind of pillar of light that you made a wish that you would have had where you could see someone moving in these ways. And that of course, like all bodies are capable of these activities, regardless of the size. And I really love that you said too. Um, you know, at, not, I'm not a mother, but I work with primarily parents and okay. just happens, to, you know, to be how it is. And, um, and I just see so many different, you know, variations on parenting styles and approach mm-hmm. to whether you put yourself first or your kids first. And in a way, you know, the kids have to come first, of course, think, but of just to know that you're saying like, your kids aren't your whole life. And Mm -hmm. I actually read a really cool article recently. Actually, no, it was a Reddit post. And it was this 80 80 year old lady who was speaking on behalf of a conversation about should I have kids or should I not? And so she's like, well, let me chime in as someone who's now 80 and doesn't have kids. And she lost her partner. They were madly in love, had a really full life and were encouraged to keep these amazing connections within their friends in a really deep way because they didn't have like the traditional family unit. Mm -hmm. And then when her partner passed, she still had such an abundant life and, you know, she didn't have kids to lean on or anything like that, but she said, you know, in kind of living life and having this wisdom throughout the years, she saw a variety of different things happen. And one of the most common things was that the people who were parents and made their whole life about being a parent and nothing else. And their whole identity was tied up into being a parent that when their partner passed on, or even just earlier to that, when the kids left the nest, like they totally crumbled and had no autonomy, no identity. So I feel like this allows you to also be a really great role model for kids. And, you know, my focus obviously is in wellness, health, movement, nutrition. And I always just try to take it as like, you're not being selfish because not only are you teaching health, but you're setting a perfect example for, you know, your daughters one day to know that they also deserve to put themselves first. And if we don't see it within our primary caregivers and our role models, where will we see it? And then it's like totally self-sacrificing. Exactly. Yeah. And I think about that often. I'm like, I want my kids to see like a hardworking mom and not that um, stay at home moms are um, not hardworking. It's just a different type of work. Um, It's just, yeah, I want them to know that like, honestly, the world is their oyster and they can do anything. And I mean, raising girls, that makes it especially important. And then obviously that even drew me more into the body positive community is to make sure that, you know, um, my kids are like, and I use the word fat very freely. It's not, it's something that I've really worked worked hard on taking that like negativity and onus back on. Um, and I know not everybody is there yet, but I'll still continue to use it because to me, it's just a descriptor. Um, even my kids like know that that is a neutral term. Like a lot of the time in our generation, we would have seen parents or older people call themselves fat in a negative way. And like, Oh, you know, X, Y, Z, I need to do this to lose this and all of that kind of stuff. And we just want to, um, encourage them that fat is just literally the body shape of me. And that's, that's all it is. Um, and yeah, that's a huge, like, component to my teaching as well. And I do work with kids too. And I think that's such a, a huge, important step 
in creating body positive or body neutral um, kids. I like that you're using it as a neutral term, you know, like you're taking the emotional response out of it. And I can imagine that for a lot of people, you know, that is sensitive, but what works for you and taking the power back out of that word, like, totally. I think that's amazing. So in terms of like your backstory, I can imagine, well, and um, if you're interested in talking about it, so growing up, if you've always felt like you were in a larger body and like your sister as well, I can imagine that comes with a lot of challenges. Yeah. So yeah, growing up in school, I remember noticing not only was I like largest in body size. I mean, I look back at these pictures now and I would never think that I'm super huge or anything like that. We always think, you know, um, but I was also one of the tallest, which is also, you know, especially when there's the boys that are just puny and haven't gone through any type of puberty yet. You just stand out and you're like, um, it's crazy. So thinking about that, um, one of the biggest challenges was desks. Like that's when we had like, like these desks were tiny. We would like slip into them. I'm like, who are these for? So I notice a lot of schools go towards like table and chairs now, which is amazing because it can be accommodating for all body types. Um, those were huge things. Obviously, kids start learning about differences in bodies. They don't come out of the womb understanding that there's these differences, just like with racism and all of that kind of stuff. It's obviously a learned trait or portrayed on us from either family members or the media or a combination of all that kind of stuff. Um, so, I mean, I feel like I really notice it. It's very different now with social media. Like before, I probably didn't really have these conversations until probably like grade five and up. But honestly, these kids in like kindergarten and grade one are noticing these types of things. And it's wild just based on... Yeah, social media. And I mean, I'm not saying like a young child needs to be on social media, but they see it, whether it's from through their parents' phones, um, on the TV and all that kind of stuff, just toxic things about how bodies should be. And even on like some of these YouTube things that my kids watch, there's just questionable stuff about bodies. Um, so really just yeah, those were some some of the biggest things is taking taking the hits of what people had to say, um, or just noticeably noticeably being different in a different size body. Cause I remember growing up, there was me and another girl. This other girl was a little bit bigger than me. And I remember thinking, well, at least I'm not the biggest in the class. I'm like, that's so sad. Like, why am I even concerned about that? Um, so yeah, just, just the, the bullying, the picking on. And then also like, even when we would go to gym, you would pick out like the, um, the, jerseys that you would put on and like I remember having to scramble to find like the biggest size because there was like one and all that kind of stuff and I'm like I can't get this on like this is ridiculous and I mean at that time like I'm thinking about my body I'm like there should have been no reason that there wasn't something that fit my body um and then also like thinking back I did like a reel um on TikTok or yeah TikTok that was like things that like gave me emotional damage in, in elementary and high school and like doing beep tests. Like I felt like it was just like something to humiliate people that couldn't go as far or like just so many different things. Uh, a huge one for me was when we went on our skiing trip, you had to fill out your weight just so you had proper, um, obviously equipment. But I remember the teachers just leaving those forms out on the desk. And I remember at one break or one recess, the kids going through and like saying everything about people's weights. And I'm like, Oh my God, like this is terrible. And I actually never went on the ski trip after the first one because I just like, first of all, I had a bad accident while skiing, but I probably could have did it again. But I just didn't want to go through the humiliation of um, having to fill out those forms and people like seeing that. And then I remember starting to get stretch marks going through a growth period more in like grade seven and eight and having to change in gym. And I'm like, oh, my God, like nobody else has this. This is so embarrassing. Like I was so stressed out about it. And, um, yeah, just going through all these different changes where if I would have known like my other friend who was actually in a really thin athletic body, she had stretch marks all over her legs because she was growing in it at a different rate than her skin was allowing too. So it really doesn't matter based on like whether, where you're growing. It's like, that is a huge growth period for people. And of course our skin is going to stretch, but that just wasn't talked about. So just normalizing so many of those body changes that were often used as like ammo to fire back against us, I think is so important. And then in high school, I honestly felt like I just had such a chip on my shoulder and I would like block everybody out with like a cold exterior and like not really let people in because I just didn't know what their true intentions were. And like, what they were, if they were going to bully me and stuff like that. So I really use like anger and, um, 
like I think just coldness to like like keep myself safe even though it wasn't like the best because I wasn't making a ton of friends and I wasn't like like participating in activities and stuff like that and I wish I would have I wish I wouldn't have cared so I could have had a more fulfilling thing but I mean as you know too high school is a rough time and there's like so many different things that we're going through so yeah it was a little bit brutal but after high school honestly you start coming into your own and I think things got a lot better good well I'm glad to hear that and I'm sorry that was your experience. You know, it's unfortunate that that does sound like a normal, quote unquote, high school experience. Right. What I would assume, which is I don't want to have to, you know, assume that. But I think that's why you're such a brilliant leader, because pages like yours and people like you having these conversations and especially being able to, you know, connect with people at a younger age, even Mm -hmm. right? like, you know, what, what age are people getting phones now? Like social media is just in our eyeline at such a young age in comparison to like when we were in high school. And so if somebody can catch your page and like have a role model, if they don't have it around them, where did you grow up? Are you from the city originally? Grew up in Saskatoon. Yeah. Yeah, Like it still feels very small. It is very small. So for you to not have anyone, you know, aside from maybe one person to like relate to, you know, that's where social media can be so great. So I mean, being a mom of daughters, do you feel like things are different for girls now? Better, worse, changing, shifting? Yeah, I think things are definitely changing. I mean, my oldest is only just about turning six. So we haven't gotten into like the thick of everything in school and stuff like that. Um, But just based on what I'm seeing, even teachers, like we think back to like the Canadian food guide and you remember that rainbow of like, these were that and you have to eat all this. And I mean, that should just be done away with it altogether. Um, and then even labeling foods is like healthy and not healthy because all foods have a place and a time and all of that kind of stuff. I seen somebody's just posted on social media that their kid brought home a worksheet that was a tooth. So it was like a, a healthy tooth and a cavity tooth. And it was like, these are healthy foods. So you won't get cavities. And these are cavity inducing ones. And I'm like, that <laughs> that just isn't how that works. And we don't want to be like shaming or fearing kids into different foods because that just creates unhealthy and disordered eating. Um, So yeah, I think I've seen so many teachers talking about, especially on social media, and there's some amazing resources for teachers to kind of revamp that whole health and nutrition um, aspect of things. And I think that is really important because it really does start with, I remember like hiding if I like I didn't really stay for lunch because we lived close but I remember if we did like if there was like I've talked about this before like if we had a pizza party at school like I would like oh it's so awkward going and getting food like I would have one slice of pizza but a regular size person's like mowing down three and I'm like well I could go for two but then I'm going to be judged but that person's not so it's just like different I don't know it's just food is such a strange thing um and especially socially and yeah so I think I think there's, there's definitely a lot of work. Um, but I think, you know, especially with kind of this new round of teachers, like our age coming in and teaching now and stuff like that, um, they have a different type of mindset and goal. And I think that's really important. So I think we'll start to see, we'll see the shift for sure. Also change. Well, and it experiences like yours share how necessary it is. Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's so backwards and so counterintuitive, you know, you're these people are deterring you from moving your body and, you know, supporting an even a strained relationship with food due to judgment. And actually Mm -hmm. I was just in Europe and they had on food labels, a scale from like A, B, C, D, E, F with like a color rating. So it's like, A is green. That's good. And then, you know, down to like an F and it just is so limiting because it doesn't lead to education. And that's one of the biggest things is like you said, there's a time and a place for everything. If you're educated on the how and why and how to implement it. And so, you know, having these health classes where we're actually understanding, okay, what's a protein, what's a carb, what's a fat, how do these foods make you feel Mm -hmm. like that's one of the biggest ones when I work with parents and their kids, I'm like, did this make you feel tired? You know, Mm -hmm. did you have a bad mood after eating this? Did you have a tummy ache? Like Mm -hmm. that is a good place to start the conversation with kids. Yeah. And, and talking about bodies too, because even, you know, like I was born in 1991 and I just feel like we weren't talking about women's bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, Like even when I got my period, I had 
shame about it. I wasn't even willing to like have a conversation about this very normal thing that's going to happen to all of us, you know, let alone like, yeah, these uncomfortable changes that we feel so isolated in like stretch marks and everything else. And then you realize it's just part of being human and we all have them. So, um, I know your overall goal is to help women feel confident and powerful in their bodies at any size. How do you feel like you really came into finding that confidence and power? I know you mentioned like coming out of high school, it maybe became a little bit better. Do you think part of it was finding a community or what was your experience with really becoming a confident woman? Yeah. I mean, I get asked that question a lot and I still, still feel like, cause people are like, well, how'd you get so confident? Like, where did this come from? And I'm like, honestly, good question. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm still working at nailing down exactly where that shift happened. But one pivotal moment that I can remember is um, back when me and now my ex-husband were living together, um, we had a vehicle and somebody went out and wrote on his vehicle, whale hunter. And it was like, it was, I remember just break. Cause like before, I mean, I've been called fat and it really fucking sucked and all that kind of stuff. But, um, I was like, this person has found my home and they're targeting my husband. And like, what is going on here? And I remember thinking just like, this is just my shell. Like, how are people not digging past into actually me? Like there's an actual person inside that has feelings that has goals. And there's so much magic inside. Like you're literally just targeting me for what I look like on the exterior. And I was just like, Oh my God, this is insane. So I had my mental breakdown and then I was like, you know what? I'm done. Like I'm done caring about what people think and all of that kind of stuff. And for me growing up, I always relate it kind of fashion seems superficial, but honestly, for a fat girl growing up, there wasn't a lot of options. And I was so jealous of my thin friends who could just go anywhere and shop anywhere and find out the, all these cool trends. And again, going back even to like grade eight grad, all my friends were shopping at like the cool spot was like Mariposa then and stuff oh, like that. Right. Yes. I'm born in 92. So we're relatively the same I know. Right. So they're shopping there and I'm like, I can't find a freaking dress anywhere. So we ended up having to go to some old lady store. Honestly, it's probably Reitman's, which isn't necessarily an old lady store, but to me in grade eight, it was. Yeah, of course. Um, so I bought a black dress and my mom felt so sad. Um, and I was like, she, so she went and bought some like pink tool to put underneath so that we could like make it feel more trendy. And that was a time where I really felt like my body was different. Um, so kind of moving forward, moving into my early twenties, you know, fashion became a little bit more accessible, still not a lot. And I remember the first, like going into Penning or it was a Chanel at the time in Midtown Plaza. I was like embarrassed going in there because it was only a plus size store. And I was like, oh my God, I don't want anybody to see me going in here, but they have cute clothes that are going to fit me kind of thing. And I, at that time I'm like a 18, so I can shop in straight size stores and plus size stores. But I was like, I want to check this out because there's just going to be more variety that is going to fit me. Um, and then ever since I kind of took that plunge and started ex- experimenting with fashion, um, there's so much power in a good outfit. And there's so much when you're dressing your body um, that makes you feel good that just instantly brings confidence. So then I was like, okay, well, I want to kind of try wearing a two-piece bathing suit. That's not a tankini, like an actual bikini. So I remember going to the lake with my family and I was like, we had kind of like a private dock. So I was like, I'm going to go down there with my like bikini top on. Nobody's going to see me except my family, which is fine. Oh, and then the owners of the cabin that are sharing on the other side come with their kids. And I'm like downstairs. I'm like, oh my God, I don't want anybody to see me. But I was like, Hey, you got to play it cool. You can't look like a wild animal, just like bouncing up and like all this stuff. So um, (laughs) so I was like, no, like this is okay. So I just honestly started experimenting with clothing, which helped me gain a lot of confidence. So whether that be like wearing the bikini in my backyard, I'm like, okay, this is my safe space. It's all fine. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'll wear a little bit more of a modest one to the pool this one time. And then eventually like now all I wear is bikinis and I literally do not give two Fs about who's seeing me. And when you portray the confidence, even if you're not super confident, it's not a, you're not putting a target on you for people to like attack you because they're like, oh, well, she's confident. Like it's not going to bother her. Just like when I take the power of the word fat, like if they call me fat, I'm like accurate statement. Like, what are you trying to say with that kind of thing? Like you're just literally describing me. Is that literally all you have? If they were attacking like my goals and ambitions, I'd be so torn up about it. Cause that's so deep and core, but like yeah. yeah. So I think honestly, it came to me just by experimenting with different kinds of fashion. And I have like, people are like, well, now you, cause like I do different try-ons like with Shein, which we know that there's a 
back and forth about, you know, what they do for the environment. A hundred percent. I get that. How they pay their workers fair, all that kind of stuff. However, it is so hard to find clothing that is accessible to people in my size and beyond. Um, that sometimes we have to buy fast fashion. So that's something I've, I've kind of gone online about and back and forth with too. I mean, I just posted a real, um, wearing, uh, Shein yesterday, but it's just, I don't know. It's just, there's different things. So I'll just experimenting with fashion was huge. Trying out different trends, like seeing, seeing what looks good and what doesn't. And I have an, like, I don't want to say an unconventional body shape because it's definitely more of the norm because in media, of course, we're seeing curvy hips, flat stomach as the plus size models. And I mean, that's just not accurate either. That's a very small percentage of what plus size body actually look like. So for me, I'm an apple shape. So I have an apron belly and that does look different on me than it does on the models on say the Torrid website or Shein. So I'm showing my body actually living in these clothes and people are like, oh my goodness, like this is amazing. I finally found somebody with my body shape wearing the clothes that I've always, you know, so there's that connection too. And I want them to feel confident to go out and put on, you know, that body con dress or those tighter jeans or to even just literally tuck your shirt in. Cause that is a huge thing. We want to pull those shirts down over our stomachs. And I'm like, girl, they know your stomach is there. Just let it fly. Just let it live its best life. <laughs> like tuck your shirt in, style it, all those types of things. And that was really where my confidence started coming was when I was experimenting with fashion. And then honestly, um, having a really good support system. My family is super supportive. Um, you know, they've always felt like I was beautiful and all that kind of stuff. I didn't have pressure from my family about losing weight as a kid, which is amazing. Um, and I realize that's a privilege because that's not the case for every plus size kid growing up. And um, yeah, those were some some huge things. And then just really trying to, um, you know, not take what people say super to heart. But it honestly, once you start sharing your story online, you find that community that needs you. And that blocks out all the noise of the people that are negative. Good for you. Well, and yeah, you're like, take your power back for all of it, right? Like that word can't hurt me if I accept it doesn't mean anything. And I just want to say, I know you seem recovered from it, but just the statement on the car, that's so aggressive. And I'm oh, so yeah. sorry that happened to you because what just a massive intrusion of privacy and a threat like that feels so invasive and scary and aggressive. It like, was, it was very weird. And I think, you know, this is why I'm really grateful to have these types of conversations and for you to share that, because I don't think people realize how targeted certain various groups still are the fact that that is happening in modern time let alone ever but just the fact that that is happening is like absolutely mind-blowing and as for the the apparel and fashion I think that's so cool because of course it's such a way to express yourself Mm -hmm. and you know what a bummer at you know in grade eight to have to be worrying about that so how do you find that the plus size markets changing now because obviously there's still so many limitations within like you said the fact that there's even straight size stores and plus size stores that is so unnecessary to me like why do we not just have stores and these companies are inclusive in their Mm -hmm. size lines so since you've kind of been using your platform have you found that things are shifting quickly or is it moving more slowly than you think it should be Things are shifting, but there was a really unfortunate shift. Um, Old Navy had put out their bought equality um, like campaign. This is just over, I guess, now a year ago where they were going to carry up to size 28 in store, which is amazing. Before that, um, they only had up to double XL in store and everything else was online. And I mean, as a plus size person, we know that we're always shoved either to the back corner of a store or we got to go online to shop. So that was amazing. I was like, oh, my God, this is so perfect. Like we can finally all shop. I can go with my thin friend and me and even somebody bigger than me. And we can all shop and honestly get the same pieces, right? Which was amazing because it was all scattered throughout the store. So I love that. But then not even a year after that, they decided to pull that back and they put majority of the stuff back online. And they said, I mean, we're never going to know the full reason, right? We don't work in the company, but they said so many straight size people were complaining because that now they have to shift through more sizes or their size isn't always available because there's like three, four XL sitting on the shelf. And I was just like, what do you think life is um, for us that we never have sizes in store? Like, it was crazy. So I don't know whether that's the whole truth or not. I'm sure there's tons of different pieces that went into that. Now, when I went into our local Navy in Saskatoon and I asked, because that's just me, I just ask shit. There's so, I want to just go off on a small tangent because this is something that's really affected me um, recently is the body positive movement is so trendy right now. 
It is everywhere, whether it's in fashion, whether it's in community building, all of that. It is so trendy. And most of these people are making a profit off of it. But how many of those communities and businesses are actually willing to stick their neck out on the line to make actual change? So there was something that happened to me um, that really actually put me in a dark place about, I have talked about this publicly a lot, but um, about six, oh, probably not six months ago, probably within four or five months ago, um, it was a local business in Saskatoon that made a really fat phobic reel. And it was basically saying um, things they would do to not be fat. And it had things like look in a mirror step on a scale. And it was so out of place for what they do. I'm not going to say the business or any type of what they do, because it'd be easy to determine that. And I don't need to go down that road again. Um, But it was like, this doesn't even line up with your business, but okay, why would you think that this is appropriate to post? So I got this because people know that I'm a fat activist. Like I actually go out and try to create change. I don't just profit off the community. So I have this reel sent to me and they're like, did you see this? And I was like, what? No, I didn't. So I go watch it. I was like, holy shit, like this is wild. So, so many people that are in the community that I have helped empower, I'm not going to say they're my, my people or my, my troops or anything like that. It's just literally people listening to my messaging and feeling empowered to say like, Hey, you're hurting a community. Please stop. So I went and seen, and I seen so many people that either I knew or didn't know saying like being really respectful, being like, you know, this doesn't hit right. This can be really detrimental to people that are reading it, whether it be, you know, young people seeing this, all those sorts of things. So then I went and I commented on it as well. And then um, they just let it keep going. They didn't address any single thing. There was not one positive comment on there. So then I shared the reel to my stories and I said that they won the fat phobic award of the year and that's it. And I was like, that's it. Yeah, I know I have a, a platform. Is it huge by any means? No, but I am full of quite a few local businesses. But honestly, at that point, I don't really give a shit whether you are local or a huge corporation. If you are being fat phobic, especially in something that I feel so passionate about and I spend my time working in that sector, I'm going to call you out. Not only that, I will go into your DMs first to have a conversation to like be like, okay, this is where it's wrong you know, being respectful, but this particular business just chose to actually mute the comments. So we couldn't talk anymore and left the reel up. And I was like, okay, so that's when I shared it. And for the 90% of it, people were like, this is insane. Like, I can't believe they're doing this, blah, blah, blah. But then two businesses in Saskatoon that I worked really closely with had something negative to say to me. One of them called me a cyber bully, which I'll never forget that they said that. And then the other one said that they just didn't want to be part of the drama. But also these businesses are people that profit off the body positive community, but they're not willing to go out and be like, hey, this is wrong. They're because they want to save face. It's politicians, right? It's like, we want to save face. We don't want to upset the masses. Well, then don't hold space for communities to come and buy your shit if you don't want to stand up for them. And that pisses me off. It's like, it's, it's insane. And I've been thinking about this. There's, it's the same thing as like, do you know that like Drew Raffello girl who like always like comments on TikTok? She'll be like, it'll be like a guy calling somebody fat or being misogynistic. And then she pops in and she's like, <laughs> and she like roasts them. And people no, are like, but I love that. <laughs> you have to find her because it's absolutely amazing. And she recently wrote something. She's like, I don't know why people are saying like, commenting she's like I know I'm mean like I know when I go on to roast these people like I'm doing it to be mean but the thing is with these other people that are actually doing this stuff they they just don't give a shit she's like they it's just what we allow is insane and now that I'm seeing the body positive movement blow up it's just crazy to me because I'm the one that's getting looked at in a negative light because I called somebody out but then these other businesses are like, yeah, you can shop with us. You can, we'll give you a community to come and be a part of. But like, what are you actually doing to support this community? Because like, I'm sorry, giving us nice clothes isn't supporting us. We need you to actually be an ally for us and make changes. And honestly, fat phobia and ableism is still two of the most prevalent things in media that is still allowed to happen. If like racism is coming a long way where we're like, we'll call that shit out. And which is so important. But people will not um, not be willing to, you know, you'll see fat, pho- fat phobia and ableism in movies and entertainment and media still and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, that's okay. But like, no, it's not because it's creating 
a massive amount of divide. And yeah, that was, that was a really hard time because yeah, I took those two comments from people that I really cared about. And I was like, seriously, you're going to call me a cyber bully because I called these people out, but yet you're not going to say anything to this person. Like it's insane. And I'm like, so I had to step back. I had to step back from a lot of people in the community in Saskatoon and really like take it in and see where my, I just have to go back to like my core values. Right. And be like, where is, um, like where, what's my messaging? What do I really want to do? And it was to create change, not be an influencer, not always share cute clothes, like literally to create change within the plus size community. And sometimes that isn't always being kind. I know that that sounds shitty, but we get thrown, be kind, be kind, lead with kindness all the time. But it's like, that doesn't always create change. Sometimes you have to be a fucking asshole sometimes. <laughs> like, well, I'm not, it's, you know, you're being forced to be a pushover. Like at, at some point, yes. something has to be said. And yes. for companies to respond just with path, pacifism because they are not willing to cause any friction, mm-hmm. change doesn't come without friction. Like of no. course it's going to be met with resistance. So I'm sorry, that was your experience. And I mean, there's a reason why it's one step forward, two steps back or two steps uh-huh. forward, one step back in all of this. So, and then kudos to you for continuing on your platform and you know, continuing to put your message out, because I think those are the types of experiences that work to silence people. And if you're not really strong or can't take that step back to like reevaluate your values, it could be very easy to just throw your hands, you know, in oh, the I wanted to, I was like, I'm going to pack this all in. I am done with this. Like I hate everybody, but then I'm like, no, like so many people are like, Sarah, you can't like you have created already so much change. I want a freaking $10,000 impact grant from the BODCON in this, in the yeah. February. I mean, you don't get those things without creating a stir yeah. sometimes. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what people have to, I always want to, okay. So when I say you don't always have to be kind, there's a way to approach things for sure. But then sometimes it's, it just can't be in the most like pushover way. Like you, you said, you said that perfectly. It's like, I'm not here to be a pushover. I really want to create change. And it really bothers me when people, and I think a lot of consumers don't notice that either. They're like, Oh, this is fun. Like they're including me in their size range. Like that's great. But it's like, okay, but like, they're just really wanting to make money off of you, but what are they actually doing to create change so that you do see a place at the table for you. And that's, that's what I hope consumers and the community and the public will start to recognize. Well, not just virtue signaling change, right? Like yeah. it's one thing for old Navy to be like, Oh yeah, we're doing this thing. And mm-hmm. then, well, are they really? And I mean, a brand that has, we'll name this name because they're huge. Yeah. Giant, they're huge giant, but um, Victoria's secret has really stood out to me as a, straight size body, a company I will not support. Mm-hmm. And me, and I don't, maybe your opinion is that you have a good, you know, brand association with them, but I saw this trend of, you know, their models were stereotypical Victoria's Secret model, right? Like the mm-hmm. fact that that has become a quality that we put on people like their right. Victoria's Secret model. And then they were not getting on board with the offering any sort sort of inclusive size lines at all until they were basically attacked for it. Mm-hmm. And then now all of a sudden it's like body positivity, you know, here's some plus size models, if really that's what we can even consider that. Yeah. And I'm like, uh-uh, like that's not you are doing it because you were told to do it and it was all going to fall apart if not. And so I don't even like supporting companies like that. Like as someone who's not in a plus size body, I want to support companies that are making everyone feel inclusive. And these conversations are really educational for me because it's just, I'm, you know, it's not something I've personally had to deal with, but I was talking about a brand dynamite jeans. I'm like, I've always, you know, I have a interesting proportion, like with big, strong legs and like whatever. And so sometimes it's just weird to find jeans for me, which this is one of the, just as a aside, let me go on a little tangent. Now, the fact that you can't try on like clothes in store, I can't even imagine because I am like, I have to try everything on. It doesn't matter what size you are. Like everybody needs to try things on because like you said, a size, whether it's 18, whatever, 20 beyond, that fits so differently on different versions of that body. So for women to be able to see, okay, this is her size, but this is her body shape, right? Mm -hmm. Like I need to try everything on. If I couldn't go into a store and try stuff on, I would be so frustrated. I 
don't like online shopping because I feel like I have to try, you know, everything on. So anyways, I was talking about like, you know, I finally found some jeans that I feel like I can always feel comfortable in from dynamite. And then it took talking about this on social media for someone to say, you know what, just so you know, they have super limited sizes. And I'm like, thank you for letting me know because I didn't know that. And, you know, I still wear their stuff that I have. And it's not like, I'll just be like, well, I'll never shop there again, but it does make me way more sensible, like sensitive to, okay, is this, if I'm going to make recommendations, especially with a, you know, platform, not that I'm talking about fashion on a regular basis, but I'm like, I would way rather support and encourage brands where anyone who comes to my page will feel comfortable and included within the health and wellness conversation because it goes out to the bigger spectrum of, you know, things like fashion. That's really important to me. I love that. I think that's so important um, that you recognize that because that isn't something, you know, I always get asked, well, what can, what can we be done to help? And it honestly comes from our straight size allies of being able to like have those conversations, question brands, pull their money away from brands that aren't willing to be inclusive because money talks at the end of the day, it all boils down to money. When we're stopping spending money there, you know, that's going to hurt them. And they're going to do that. But yeah, also just being, you know, there is a nice way to, I asked so many brands, there's like a, a new store that opened in Saskatoon that I was actually really excited to check out. And so many people were messaging me and I messaged them and I was like, do you carry plus sizes? Well, no, because it kind of flopped the first time we tried it and uh, we're not carrying it anymore. And I'm like, okay, well that, okay. But, um, it's just, it's just crazy the the things that we're met with and the excuses and stuff like that. Um, I get I and I I know it goes down to manufacturers and wholesalers and all of that too, and designers that need to be able to make these things because obviously the boutiques can only buy what's offered to them, but there is a lot more than what they're finding. It's just actually putting in the legwork to be able to find those brands that are inclusive to include in their stores and stuff like that and market it. Find your local plus size influencers, have them come in. There's so much. Like there's just so much um, influence in those people that can bring people in. When I was working with certain stores and having people come in and really talking about them, they were really excited about that. And it's important. I think it's a huge part of a marketing campaign. I mean, I get it. We're both business people too. We understand that side of it. It's not like there's different, you know, there's things that need to be considered as well, but um, don't just kind of leave it at some kind of half-assed excuse about why it didn't work or why you're not included or tell us that, well, we have some oversized extra larges because that's just don't even say that. (laughs) It is spooky season and all the treats this time of year can play awful tricks on your insides. If you like me, don't handle sugar or gluten well. Thankfully, my friends at Sweet and Sprouted have got you covered. They offer a variety of snacks and sweets with natural and clean ingredients to support all kinds of nutritional needs, and they ship right across Canada. They're offering Keep Yourself Well listeners 10% off your orders. Just use the code wellness10 at sweetensprouted.com. That's wellness10 for 10% off at sweetensprouted.com, including all sale items. It's time to treat yourself. we were just talking about before we started recording, like you are getting ready to do some apparel and mm-hmm. wanting to offer up to a five XL, but you're not going to charge different prices for the bigger size. Like that's, that's another part of it and vote with your dollar. I love the statement, just vote with your dollar. And I think wow. that we don't realize the influence we take for granted how much influence we can have. It's like voting, right? Like actually yeah. political voting, we take for granted all the time, how much influence we can have as one person. And again, I just love fashion. So I love seeing what you're wearing, no matter what the size I like Alex Brown. I love watching what she picks out for the week for her outfits. And I'm like, you know, it's just also fashion. And so it, it makes it just so inviting to everyone. And I feel like this is a perfect segue into the curvy club because you're finding a way to do this Mm -hmm. and support and educate so tell us about the Kirby Club and and what it is and where this idea came from. Yeah, so kind of how we previously talked about Fat Girl in the City, about me trying all those things. So once these episodes got out, people were like, oh my God, this is amazing. I have to try these things, but I want you to come with me. And I'm like, okay, I can't go individually with somebody every single day. Like that's a huge time commitment. But I was like, okay, well, what if we did a month of just, we'll pick a couple of the activities that I tried and we'll go do them together as a group. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. 
So this was a year ago, actually this month, um, that we did that in October. So it's the the one year anniversary of the Caribbean. Yeah, that's Thank you. That's super exciting. Um, and our first event was, I want to say it was either pole dancing or salsa. We did both of them in that month. Um, sold it out. And people were like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like things that they never really thought that they could get out and try, they did. And I'm like, yeah, this was awesome. And they're like, okay, but like, we need this every month. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, like you can't stop this. And I'm like, well, I didn't think that I was just launching a business last night, but I guess I did. So um, entrepreneur in you. (laughs) I know. Right. So I was like, okay, great. Um, so honestly, I, we just did so many different things, whether it be fitness, whether it be fashion, we've done fashion or shopping parties, um, with different businesses in the city we've done like creative stuff, but all based around creating connection and open conversations. Now I don't want, I'm not a therapist, so I always want to manage those boundaries. Right. And like, I'm dabbling in the world of coaching. I know you're a coach, but we have to still manage those expectations because we aren't trained psychologists. And I don't know, you, are you a psychologist? Are you a th- no, I have a psych degree, but I'm not. A okay. Psych- so you are much more educated than I, oh, that's but I, I give, I give disclaimers too. And that is yeah. such a great note. Like there's a time where it's out of your boundary and expertise. Totally. So, um, coming into these things, I want it to be light and fun and not feel like there's so many different communities popping up in Saskatoon. And I love that. And they all hold a different place for something. Some are a lot more deeper digging. And then there's mine. That's the curvy club. That's really just coming together based on a service surface of trying an activity. But then it's super amazing to watch those candid conversations naturally come up um, with people once they feel a little bit more, um, you know, I don't know, like safe and, and supported and stuff like that. So we've even met people that through there that are like plus size um, health practitioners. So whether that be massage, um, Cairo, doctor recommendations, because even in, I mean, in healthcare is super fat phobic. So finding those people that we feel comfortable going to, to take care of our bodies is so important. So we've created that community and network as well. And then this month we actually just launched into Regina. So that was really exciting is to start seeing these communities branch into other communities. Cause honestly, it's just so needed um, for people to come together. Just the conversations we have, even over a dinner, we'll have dinner nights and like, not one of us will look around and be like concerned what the other person's ordering. And unfortunately that just isn't how we feel when we're sitting around a table with a bunch of straight sized people. Cause a lot of times people will be like, Oh, well, I've ate the X, Y, Z today. So I can only have a salad or stuff like that. And it's like, it's just different food. Like I said, food is a weird thing. Um, but when we're sitting around, there's just such funny topics that we can bond over, um, and talk about that, you know, our straight size counterparts may necess- not necessarily get. Um, and it's just created a lot of confidence and stuff like that. So I'm really excited to see where the curvy club goes and the work we continue to do in the communities we create. I think it's so important. Well, it's amazing because you, you know, created a community for yourself and by proxy are doing the same for others. And I can only imagine, you know, the little friendships that grow out of it where becomes the new best friend or, you know, someone to do this X, Y, Z activity with on a regular basis. And, um, okay. Are you still doing the fat girl in the city series? It comes up every so often. I feel like I did so many different things, but I, I always ask them like, is there something I I know this year in winter, I want to do like cross country skiing. I want to do, um, uh, ice skating. I want to do a bunch of different type of winter activities. I didn't get super into that last year. Um, so I'd like to add that kind of to the series and do those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, as soon as like, I think I see something in Saskatoon, I'm like, I'll go try that. So yeah, it's always just an ongoing. So I'm always tell people, I was like, don't think you can comp my series and try to take it. It's always going to be mine. (laughs) If you ever want to come do jitsu. Just let oh, me know. <laughs> yeah, because, well, um, I did, like, kickboxing and self-defense with um, Okami Martial Arts. And, um, but, yeah, so those were a couple, those were another activities that we actually did. Self-defense oh, did? was really amazing. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Yes, I love that. I'm very passionate about women's self-defense. Oh, okay. I need to go watch that episode. That's so Yeah, cool. go binge them. They're, um, they're, they're yes, honestly I've funny. seen a couple, but yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize how many there was. Oh, I'm so proud. I absolutely love that. I love that idea. And I just love it too, because again, regardless of size, you're also just showing people a million different ways they can move their body and have fun with it. And exactly. I'm like, you can benefit from this, whether you're a size zero to a size 30, like, and then you can just kind of see what's in our city too. Yeah, totally. And so I would love to know, like being, being a mom of, of two girls, obviously I can imagine the conversations that you're having with your daughters are so honest and transparent. Like you said, you know, not shying away from using the word fat. Are you starting to see 
their perceptions of themselves kind of come out in their how they talk about bodies and how they talk about themselves at this young age? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, um, my oldest is just such a fashionista and like loves everything fat. Like she's lit. I'm a little concerned. She's literally me. I'm um, <laughs> in a tiny body. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, the youngest one, she, I think is just kind of like, I don't know. She's bopping along and doing her thing, but I know this is the first year for grade one for my oldest. So full-time school, I think this year is going to definitely have a lot of things come up. Um, a lot of the times I'll get things from parents. Well, if you're comfortable with the word fat, like, do you think your kid's going to go call somebody fat? And so I have had to talk to them about how we combat that. And honestly, it's just, I talk to my oldest about not commenting on other people's bodies. We just, we don't need to, right. It's not a conversation to have, whether it be a thin body, um, a fat body or whatever. So, um, I don't, I don't want my kid going to school and calling somebody fat. I don't want that, even though I don't view it as a negative word, there's still obviously tons of learning and there's just, it's not needed at that young age. Um, so that's kind of how we talk about it. And then I did get this book called Bodies Are Cool by Tyler Fetter. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a children's book and it's absolutely amazing. It is illustrated so beautifully with all different body shapes, um, like, like ableist type things, like every single thing you can think of, like it's so broad. And I took that, I use that in some of my kids' workshops and the, the eyes just light up when they see somebody, you know, there's feeding tubes, there's oxygen, there's people missing a leg, like so many things that somebody can find in themselves there. And I think representation is so important. And also the more we subject our kids to a, a wide range of abilities and bodies and all of that, um, the more just like accepting and like desensitized to it, people are, kids are going to be, they're not going to see that there's those, you know, and understand those differences. So I love that book. I think if anybody, anybody, I honestly, as an adult, I love looking at the book. So um, thank you for sharing that because I literally am going to Indigo after this because it. you won't regret it. I have to pick up a book already. So I'm like, I'm adding it to those because these are conversations I'm having with, you know, parents all the time. I'm an auntie now to a little two-year-old yeah. and like p- conversations. I get parents all the time. Like, how do I, how do I talk about nutrition yeah. with my kids? You know, our family's changing the way that we're eating. How do we normalize it and have those conversations? And I mean, just the not commenting on, on people's bodies, on the way people are eating, on the way people move their bodies, like just doesn't matter. Doesn't, doesn't affect you. Like that's just such a good rule of thumb for life. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to get that. And I can't wait to read it, share it. So thank you for that. Um, And just any specific tips that you have for not only people navigating a plus size body that maybe haven't gotten to the place of confidence that you are, but also for parents who are helping kids of varying age navigate through a bigger size body, because I think it's just, it's still so challenging and there's no one way, but anything that you would give as advice. Yeah. So for, you know, adults kind of undoing the trauma that we've had as kids, because that is super important. Um, It's honestly just starting. It starts so much with your inner circle. So much of our inner circle um, like portrays negativity onto us. So I would see who is in your circle that you feel like isn't benefiting your journey to confidence. And I mean, removing and setting boundaries is, is a really hard thing. Um, but sometimes that needs to be done to be able to grow and move forward. And then next up would be, you know, like I said, experimenting with different pieces of clothing, like whether that just be like chilling in your house and like that, Oh, I'm wearing this today. I really think there's so much like, there's so much to it. And then also like actually having a look at your body, like seeing what it looks like. So many people will not like look in the mirror and I'm like, no, look in the mirror, have like, have a look at your body, get norm, like normalize yourself with it and, you know, get to a place where even if you can't say I'm super confident in my body, we talk about body neutrality. So, you know, that like, okay, maybe there's things I want to change, but I'm still okay right now. Um, I think is super important. And then, you know, f- curating your social media, make sure your social media is matching where you want to go. Cause social media can go south really freaking quick. So, you know, finding maybe somebody that is similar to myself that, you know, is kind of talking about these different things, sharing their experiences that you can bond over. Um, Also finding hobbies. There's so much to say in like finding community. So whether that be if you're in Saskatoon, the Curvy Club or anything, like find something you like to do and then surround yourself with people that also enjoy that because it'll just bring out the confidence and it'll just do wonders. So those are some things that I always tell people to kind of focus on when they're still in their journey. I mean, it's a journey for anybody, whether you're super confident like me or just starting your confidence journey. 
And then for from parents that are navigating being a parent to maybe a plus size child, I think never um, advocating for your kids at the doctors is super important. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of things that can be done in healthcare differently than um, is done now. Um, health at every size is a practice that we really want to, you know, kind of see that our our family doctors, our GPs, or our pediatricians are are following. Um, not showing, you know, there might be a medical reason for any type of weight gain and stuff like that. And it's not necessarily, and don't take it to heart if your kid is, you know, they ate McDonald's that week and you're like, I'm the worst mom or parent ever. Like there's just give yourself grace in that aspect because like sometimes you just have to do convenience and that's the way it goes. Um, and then also not focusing. So like not talking about their bodies, like in a negative light, obviously that seems so obvious. Um, but it's amazing just the little remarks that can be said. And it might not be coming from you, but it could be coming from like a grandparent who's still in that kind of old set mindset. Um, So just monitoring how people are talking to your kids Um, and then making sure yourself is modeling good body positive behavior to your own self. Because when kids see us talking negatively about our bodies, um, it can really affect them, whether you think you're saying it to them or not. They'll see they'll see what you're portraying, I think, is super important. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, seeking out advice to fat friendly dietitians, I think, is super important. Um, There's so many that I'm realizing now. I think dietitians had a really negative connotation in my head before because it was all like super weight, weight loss based and stuff like that. But I've met so many amazing, um, like fat friendly dietitians lately that are just like amazing at what they do. Um, so, you know, those are different things too, for kids and stuff like that, but just not making everything about their bodies. Don't make them join every sport to try to lose weight. I think going back to making movement fun is so important. Find what your kids like to do, um, in terms of movement and then support them in that. Okay. Thank you. Brilliant advice. And I can't emphasize behind you. Yes. To all of that. And I want to be mindful of your time. So as we wrap things up, I have a few quick questions that I ask everyone at the end of the podcast. The first being, who do you consider your biggest role model? Um, honestly, I don't feel like I have a huge role model. I just try to be really like, honestly, I'm like myself, like as long as I'm doing competing with myself and not worrying so much because we can get really wrapped up in other people's accomplishments. And that's something I'm really cognizant of with myself. Um, I mean, of course I really, like people in my space are going to be like Lizzo and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I love Lizzo lately. She's doing some pretty amazing stuff at clapping back about haters and stuff with her weight. She's getting really just dragged in the media for her weight lately. Um, but honestly, I don't have a huge role model. It's just myself trying to keep pushing forward and being better than the day before. Good for you. I love that answer. Also, mm-hmm. not this, this is, I just have to share this came into my mind. What's the, have you seen that Snoop Dogg clip where it's like, and most of all, I want to thank yeah. I'm like, Honestly, yeah, yeah, you deserve yeah. it. And you <laughs> became the type of role model that I think you wish you had, which if we all yeah. do that in life, everybody's going to be a better person. So I love that. Um, any incredible advice that you've ever received? Um, don't make a decision to like a rash decision on a dark day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's so important because I am to- like I've said, I'm like, I'm the person that's like, we're packing it in. This is the worst day ever. But then you come back to the light or at least the semi light and you're like, no, back to reality. Like this is what needs to happen. So don't, yeah, don't make a rash decision on a dark day. Great advice. <laughs> Very good. Um, well, best book or resource you'd recommend to people. I know you already recommended the children's book, which is fabulous. Anything else? Yeah. So for adults, um, your body is not an apology by Sonia Renee Taylor. Super amazing accompanied workbook with that. We've done that in our book club. Um, the self love experiment. It's decent. We read that as our first book for book club. And then I am reading one right now. I'm just thinking where it is. I'm like, great. Um, more than your body. It's by two sisters that have PhDs and it's really like research-based and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's like your body is not an in- ornament it, or your body is an instrument, not an ornament kind of thing. That's so. one of my favorite quotes. I have, yes. I have, yeah, your body's an instrument, not an ornament and your body's a vehicle, not a trophy. Those are my. Totally. Favorite. So yeah, those ones. Okay. I'm excited to add those to my personal list. Mm-hmm. And what is your personal mantra or word do you live by? Honestly, there's so many different things. I will give one tidbit. There's the called the motivation app and um, it literally just out of nowhere, it'll send you motivational messages and it's like scary how accurate they are for your time. Do you Wait. have it? 
Mine's the I am app. And currently it's telling me I am calm, cool, and collected. <laughs> yeah. So those are really beneficial. I love those little things. I'll just hear it go off. I'm like, hmm, what does it have to say? So I there's love- just a bunch of different stuff. I don't think there's like, I just think like keep going. And I've been through a lot of things that should have really crushed um, my dreams and everything that I wanted. But I just, like I said, don't make any rash decisions on a dark day and stay true to your messaging. Um, always revert back to those, you know, writing down your messaging or what you want in life. And those core values is super important because like I said, on your darkest day, go back to that. Cause that's going to push you forward, um, to get you to the light. Yeah. Yeah. Your values are your guiding light. I, totally. I love it. Thank you so much. And if people want to learn more about you, find out about you, follow along with the Kirby club and fat girl in the city, where can they do that? Yeah. So on Instagram, you can find me at Sierra Jade, Sierra with two eyes um, on Instagram at the curvy club underscore SK TikTok. I'm basically at Sierra Jade on every single um, social media platform. So yeah, I'll link all of your pages. Yeah. My, my name is spelled weird. So. <laughs> so everyone can find you. And I just want to say truly the biggest, most giant thank you. I love this conversation. Could talk to you all day. And just thanks for sharing with the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was honestly like I got some stuff. It was a little bit therapeutic for me. So thank you so much for having me on today. I really enjoyed it. My pleasure. Thank you so much. That's all the time we have together this week. Thank you so much for being here with Sierra and I. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode every Sunday. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook as always at KY Wellness. More details about this episode and all previous episodes can be found at kywellness.ca under the podcast tab. Don't forget to move your body, nourish your body, be kind to yourself, be kind to others. See you next week and keep yourself well.